Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast by Youthopia. Join me in meeting the youth of Singapore who are making a positive impact to the world around them. Welcome back to the Impact Podcast. Today we're here with Jared and Joseph. They are the founder of luxury watch retailer Watch Capital. So for our listeners who might not know, Watch Capital started off on Carousel but quickly transitioned to a showroom in Triple One Somerset located at the heart of Orchard Road. So since starting out on Carousel, the duo has managed to increase their monthly revenue by approximately 625 times. So today we're going to be discussing, um, for everybody who's listening out there, how to turn your little side hustle into a full-time business. So hi, Jared and Joseph. Nice to have you guys here. Tell me a bit about yourselves. All right, so I'm, I'm Jared and I'm actually the co-founder of Watch Capital, actually. So I think uh, basically me and my brother, actually, um, we started off uh, trading on Carousel. So it was actually a side hustle, but uh, it turned out to be quite a successful business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm Joseph. I'm also the co-founder of Watch Capital. And um, I'm still in my last year of university. So <laughs> yeah, one more year before I can fully integrate myself in the business. Mm. Yeah. So how long has um, Watch Capital, have has, has it been around for? Uh, okay, so I think the brand Watch Capital, I mean, we incorporated it uh, last year, September, so mm. in 2020. Mm. So it's been around for, I think, a couple of months, uh, almost a year already, actually. But we only started our retail store uh, in February this year, mm. on February the 8th, actually. Mm. And uh, yeah, right now it's been, uh, I think, at least six months into the retail store. Mm. And yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing quite a, <laughs> quite a success, I would say. Mm. Yeah. So tell me a bit about like before, like the whole... Mm. Um, before the whole space came about, right? Like, yep. what got you guys interested in watches in the first place? Because, okay. I mean, you guys are quite young. Yeah, right? relatively. Right? Those are still in university. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I associate watches with it being something that maybe people of the older generation might be more interested in, you know? Correct. So, yeah. what what inspired? My dad, my dad has been uh, collecting watches, uh, I think, when he started working as a hobby. So, basically, what he would do is he would buy watches and... Um, if he wants to trade up or whatsoever, he would just sell the watch and just buy another one. So without coming out so much, so much cash for another one. So I think that's how it started. Um, since we were young, he brought us he brought us around watch shops, watch retailers, going around and um, of course shopping for his watches. And that's how he passed on the passed on his passion to us. So basically, he would tell us about okay. Like let's say for automatic watches, there are no batteries inside. So basically, it's just all springs and metallic stuff which is is, is is quite interesting I would say because most of the time I would say I mean nowadays the watches are quartz they basically um, they run by battery instead of automatic <laughs> yep um, yeah I think that's what got us interested for me I think I think um, when I was younger I think my dad always uh, used to show us how mechanical watches actually worked so I think uh, I was really intrigued by by how it actually worked for, for example you just take pieces of scrap metals and you put it together and it becomes like a, you can tell the time you know so it's, it's, it's a different world from quartz watches actually so mm. I think that's where I actually got an interest and I mm. think he was bringing us uh, around dealers and comparing prices so I think that's when I actually started to realise okay maybe in, in time to come this is the price I can buy and this is the price I can sell mm. so I knew the market uh, quite well since a uh, relatively young age mm. yeah. so it's interesting I mean um, I hate to play into stereotypes but the yeah. stereotype is that I know nothing about watches because it's not an area of interest for me yeah. um, so there are a lot of terms that are flying past my head right maybe you guys can bring me through that a little bit like what okay. are Mechanical watches, what's okay. a quartz, like what, what are those terms? Sure. So I think mechanical watches are watches that does not require any uh, battery uh, 
to power the watch basically. So mechanical watches are they're powered by a spring, mechanical spring. So every time you wind the watch, for example, mm. there'll be a power reserve uh, mm. in the watch, <laughs> which will actually keep the watch running. So and also if it's an automatic watch, not a manual watch, um, actually your your wrist as as you move your wrist, the kinetic energy will charge the spring. So that's how the time keeps going. And mm. if you if you if you compare mechanical watches to quartz watches, mechanical watches actually um they do not tick, so they go constantly uh, in one revolution for sixty seconds. Whereas um battery operated watch they will tick like one second, two second, mm. that kind of. So thing, a quartz yeah. watch is a correct battery battery operated watch. I see. Correct. So so it's different. So yeah. and I'm assuming you guys play with like really expensive watches, right? So what are some like brands that are typically like mechanical versus like quartz? Okay, so I'll say I think um. Most brands, I think, um, do carry uh, battery-operated or rather quartz uh, movement watches. So even the high-end brands like Patek Philippe, you have uh, Adimas Piguet, which has uh, quartz movements too, especially in their ladies' collection, basically. But for Rolex, I think it's the only brand that does not, or, or not to my knowledge at least, have any uh, quartz movements. Or, or rather, they used to have it last time back in the past, maybe 1950s, 1960s. They call it, uh, I think, oyster quartz or something. But now it's, it's different. I think everybody's, everyone's turning towards uh, mechanical watches, I'll say. Mm, yeah, interesting. So, so tell me, how did you guys um, start off with selling watches on carousel like how did that like kind of idea come about right basically what um one day my brother was just uh finding um i think he was on carousel and i was telling him about okay carousel you know you can it's a, it's a place where it's a marketplace where you can just buy and sell or even trade items um be it watches furnitures t-shirts clothes whatsoever so i think one day he just decided to go on carousel and start looking for rolexes because i think that's i think he wanted to buy a rolex that yeah. uh, <laughs> for for his birthday gift or for his I mean using using his savings so um yeah I think that's how it started and of course um with um with with my dad's habit of changing watches quite frequently it also rubbed onto us so basically what we did is um we buy we, we bought watches through Carousel and of course um being uh, millennials you know we, we don't want to lose money on anything I mean for for me and my brother so we try to sell it at even let's say fifty dollars or even hundred dollars profit you know or even a break even price so we try our best not to lose money so I would say with with amounts with watches that are worth okay let's say two to three thousand or four to five thousand the extra fifty dollars or hundred dollars is it's not really as significant as compared when let's say you're buying a twenty dollars watch and you want to resell it for thirty dollars and that's like a Fifty percent, you know, increase in price from from the cost. So I think um that's how it got started as well, mm-hmm. and fortunately we found an avenue to 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 make money. I think for me, I think I, I started on Carousel when my brother actually told me about you know this um thing whereby this platform whereby you can trade stuff, be it like maybe I don't know <laughs> uh, cups or plates or whatever. So so it got me interested. So I actually went on uh, Carousel and I just randomly I just searched Rolex and then I realised people were actually selling watches that are worth like you know 6,000, 7,000 and I was like what people actually buy watches <laughs> through Carousel so I was pretty intrigued so I think um the first watch I actually bought through Carousel was an IWC so I actually purchased it for <coughs> $4,000 I remember my dad uh, followed me to carry out the transaction so it was a bit sketchy in a way but you actually have to meet the person face to face so mm. you actually have to you know go to his uh, place maybe um either like um, the condo lobby or the void deck or mm. you know so so that's where I actually carry out the transaction so you know it, it's relatively high value I mean it's $4,000 quite a lot of money or so 
So I think um that's where I got a bit scared. I mean, I'm not sure if this watch is real or mm. fake and etc. But but thankfully, I think the risk paid off. I think that was the risk involved, and it paid off because um of course uh, it was a real watch. Mm. I managed to flip it for a profit of I think roughly one thousand dollars, one thousand two hundred dollars. I think mm. it really helps that you guys yeah. had like your father yeah. teaching you, right? If not, correct. like if it was me, I'll be yeah. like, what <laughs> yeah. do I look out for? Yeah, correct. What exactly. am I supposed to be correct. you know aware of? Correct. And it's interesting that. Carousel was the platform. Yeah, Carousel was the platform, yeah. Right? So, Great. I think that the question is then, how did it become from like, you know, just trying to flip profit from like, just selling maybe a couple of watches on Carousel Great. to then becoming like, let's have a whole Great. shop in like, Orchard Road. To be honest with you, I think it started off as a hobby in a way by, I could actually buy watches cheaper and actually sell it for a slight profit and I can keep changing watches, you see. So, it was more like a hobby. It wasn't really a... Uh, I would say a business to me mm. but at the end of the day I think when we entered the market I think there was quite a hype uh, with certain timepieces like Patek, AP or rather Adidas, PG and, and Rolex so the prices were actually skyrocketing mm. so I think we were lucky in the sense whereby the prices uh, I think went up every week for example maybe uh, $500 every week per watch so we bought it at the price whereby it may not be that good but yet we could sell it much higher mm. <laughs> maybe two weeks later or three weeks later or even one month down the road mm. so I think we, we, we sort of got lucky too yeah but at the end of the day I think I mean um, watches itself I mean the value uh, stays really uh, it, it really holds value I mean Rolex, Patek, AP these are the three watches whereby in value wise I think they will never really depreciate so uh, the longer you keep the the more it appreciates mm. yeah. so your money is really relatively safe I would say mm. Yeah. So how did you guys then kind of make the switch, right? From mm. going or just kind of uh, selling the watches online to then, um, yeah, Correct. having oh, yeah. like a physical yeah. space. So actually, um, COVID-19 was actually a blessing in disguise for us. Why? Because um, we managed to come back um, halfway through university to study online in Singapore. So um, as you know, um, online classes can be a bit boring sometimes and also um it's, it's not it's, it's not as um hectic as you know when when you have to when you have to go to school so we decided to just uh launch the showroom i think we decided i think in september october period and the renovation started in january so we started finding a place in uh, september october um most i'm mean, mostly because um we had we had um, free time of course um when a business started then it's, it's a totally different thing because uh, we had our exams then in may so um why we decided to start a showroom as well is because uh, on carousel there's a lot of uh, trust issues and credibility as well so not many people will actually trust you know paying like let's say ten thousand twenty thousand okay even five thousand dollars and also for watches also um sometimes you never know when when the watches you know let's say it's uh, let's say okay you can buy a watch from me and let's say it's spoiled. Mm. So, you know, who covers the warranty or whatsoever. Mm. And also there are a lot of uh, regulations, uh, second goods uh, license involved in these kinds of uh, situations. So I think that's why we started Watch Capital. Mm. I think for, for, for us, I think the other issue was actually um, showing our inventory to all our clients. Mm. So for example, one of our clients would be like, okay, I, I mean, I came down to see this particular watch, but I want to see the rest of the 20 watches you have. So it's not really... um it's really risky to bring down all 20 watches because mm. of course it's relatively valuable, right? So you never know who you're meeting sometimes too. So it's pretty risky and, and, and pretty scary too, actually. Mm. So I think we decided to just open a showroom and, and of course uh, we pay our insurance. So um, if anything happens, touch wood, I mean the insurance covers it. So I think one of the key factors was also um, our clients saying, okay, um, I want somewhere whereby I can sit down and you know um, um, discuss with you, negotiate with you rather than standing up. So actually we, we actually started... Uh, 
it's quite funny. We actually started uh, not even in a condo lobby, but in the car park. <laughs> so, so we were selling watches, uh, which are worth uh, quite a substantial amount uh, in the car park, which was uh, pretty funny. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think I think uh, uh, we decided to just you know let's just just try to start a showroom and just see how it goes. I mean, even if we make losses, I mean um. At least it's an experience. Yeah. Mm. Right. Interesting. So yeah. I guess the question is then, how are you guys different from like other luxury watch retailers or even like, I guess like the physical Correct. stores themselves, right? Mm. What sets you guys apart? I think we differentiate ourselves uh, through professionalism. So I think a lot of uh, grey dealers, especially if we talk about the grey market, they're relatively unprofessional in terms of after-sale service, in terms of uh, the way they negotiate. Mm. Some of I think some of them even, uh, they don't even bother negotiating. Basically, they, if you come down and you want to purchase a watch, you'll be like, okay, this is the price I want. If you don't want to, to pay that price, then you can just leave. It's that kind of attitude, I'll say. But for us, I think we, we hired a personal, I mean, we, we hired a sales assistants to actually slowly uh, negotiate with our clients, you know, talk them through, ask them like, okay, which watches they actually want to buy or do, would they want to buy for an investment purpose or or just to enjoy the watch. So so I think these are the um, different uh, factors uh, which differentiates us from the rest of the other dealers. Even for us also, we try our best most of the time, I'll say, to entertain everybody. So from all walks of life, whether they are buying their 90th watch or their first watch because I think um, especially for younger for younger people um, a watch can cost quite a bit in our showroom so we try our best to educate them okay why it costs so much or is it a worth is it a worthy investment in the long run so I would say um, most of the dealers in Singapore watch dealers um, they, w- they will not entertain these kinds of questions mm-hmm. Yeah. so for us we we try our best to do so and also um, to let them know, to let them know about the insights of uh, watch collecting, watch investing. Because I would say nowadays watches are can be, it can it can seem as investments um, instead of toys last time. Yeah, so it can be important to younger people who just started out or who just accomplished their milestone. Yeah, so buying a watch, I would say, um, for the younger people is sort of an accomplishment as well when they want to reward themselves with something. And of course, who wouldn't want to? I mean, who who would want to lose money on you know on something? I don't think anyone would. Yeah. Mm. I think it's very interesting because I never mm. saw like watch collection as like Correct. a means mm. of like investment. Correct. So I think that's quite interesting. Yeah. Tell me a bit about the the other interesting thing is mm. that like you guys are really young, right? Yep. You're Relative. in your m- early mid twenties. Oh no, I'm twenty four and he's twenty two. Early early mid twenties. It's amazing because I think Correct. this is a uh, like I mentioned at the start. Like Correct. you know, it's it's something that um somebody of an older generation would mm. probably be interested in and you guys had kind of the Correct. the the guidance of your dad, right? Yeah. So I'm wondering if, you know, being in this industry at such a young age has affected like kind of like your business. Has it been a benefit or like a to be honest, I think it's definitely a benefit because at the end of the day, I mean, okay, um, the whole entire, okay, if, if, if you collect watches and you run a watch business, it's, it's two completely different worlds. Mm. So I think what I learned is that basically uh, if you're a watch dealer, for example, you you do, you do cannot, uh, you know, have a sort of a connection with, the, with any watches you have because at the end of the day, I mean, you're looking at profits, you see. So I think um, what my dad uh, taught me is that, you know, 
um, in a business itself, uh, how you run it is really based on profits. So yeah, it, it's more like um, a business itself is, is really based on uh, profits and, and revenue. So if, if you are making profits, of course, that business can continue. But watch collecting can be a bit different because you get a, a bit emotional. For example, if you really mm. like this watch and you're like, okay, this watch, uh, you know, um, I'm not buying it at a really good price, but I just really love the watch. So I buy it at the price. So once you actually make that mistake, then it won't, it won't be a business anymore. So you can't really mix uh, watch collecting with uh, running a business. Mm. So for us, I think... Uh, as we're running a business, I mean, we really uh, based we really uh, calculate our profits based on uh, margins, of course. So, for example, if I buy it at one thousand, I have to sell it at two thousand. Mm. If I buy it at one thousand five, I have to sell it at least at uh, you know two thousand five to make that profit to run the business to make it profitable. Mm. So, it, I think it's really very different. So, I think uh, another thing I learned from my dad is that uh, never ever put all your eggs into one basket. So, um, to put it in perspective, it's more like um diversifying your portfolio of watches. So, for mm. example, for us, we have a certain number of Rolex, we have a certain number of APs and certain number of Pateks, which can be, uh, especially Patek, I mean, they're really relatively high value. So, if you get stuck, you may be stuck for a long time. So, mm. you have to take a calculated risk to, to ask yourself, you know, um, in the next maybe two months, if I can't sell the watch, can the watch actually increase in price mm. to cover um, all my other, um, you know, commitments for Rolex and APs, for example. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's one thing, uh, I, I one or two things I learned from my dad. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think for watch collecting, um, especially for old, older generations, they didn't realize that the watches that they collected are worth so much more. So let's say mm. in the past, let's say okay, ten years ago, they they bought the watch at ten thousand, and now it's worth twenty five thousand. So even some of them, or rather, I'll say um, those who are not very sure about the watch market, they just bought watches that they liked, mm. and ten years later, you know, it appreciated. So. Um, we have we have chance to we have uh, came across people that did didn't even know had no idea that their watch is worth so much, which is a good thing because um you know they can always cash out and buy another watch, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think the most important thing for um people who buy watches or even buying bags or whatsoever, I think the most important thing is buying something that you like, they really like instead of investing first. I think that should be the number one priority. You know, buying something that you like, and of course. When you when you walk into our showroom or watch capital, we'll usually the 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 watches that we sell, they are sort of hype pieces which will go up in prices naturally due to the supply. So, I think um yeah the most important thing is getting what you like and of course um buying something that's valuable or which will be valuable more valuable in the future. Mm. So it's it's interesting mm. because I think you guys have kind of um chance. On uh, chance upon a space where you correct. know you took like your hobbies to becoming like a business, right? Yeah, correct, yeah. So I think it is increasingly happening for yeah, people of our generation, many. right? Correct. Like turning their side hustles into a correct. business. Yeah. What would be some of the vital things young entrepreneurs, in your opinion, should look out for when thinking of you know maybe kind of changing that um, side hustle into a business? I think honestly, the most important thing is is really have a great mentor. So I think mm. having a good mentor is is really important because I mean, it cut short your your cut short your learning curve actually basically. So for example, I mean he has been through I mean, maybe years of of doing businesses or diversifying assets. So he can tell you okay, this is relatively valuable business. This is not etc. So I think I'm I'm pretty lucky because my dad is uh, sort of he's a private investor. So of course um. 
he's sort of a businessman too. So at least um, whenever I've I've doubts about uh, maybe uh, certain watches or or maybe increasing um the 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 size of our company, I'll actually uh, ask him for advice first before mm-hmm. making a, a inf- well informed decision. So I think that is uh, relatively important. Secondly, I think um okay, I w- I would say saving is 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 really important, especially if um you know I mean you you do not have uh, as much uh capital at first in your business so i think what uh, people should do is you know um, of course stop stop going clubbing stop drinking and all that you know just just focus just be really focused on what you want in life mm. i think especially um if, if you set up a business people may think that okay maybe if you look at successful people oh, and many people be like oh he just got lucky or he got it easy but i think many people don't understand the the hours of hard work that goes into building a business so mm. especially for us i think when we first started Watch Capital, we were literally sleeping, I think, four to five hours maximum a day. Mm. So, of course, we had our other commitments like our studies, etc. So, I think um, you always have to strike a balance. I mean, never, never, um, you know, do a business to a point where you're going to burn out. Mm. Because at the end of the day, I mean, uh, uh, it's not going to be uh, viable in the long run. Mm. And also, I think, second thing, I, I think... Uh, youth should actually look out for when starting a business is do something they're actually interested in. So for me, I, I was definitely not interested in, in law, although I, I have a law degree. <laughs> so I think, um, I, honestly, I, w- I would have burned out <laughs> if I actually carry on to become a lawyer. Mm. So I think interest is, is really very important and that's how it keeps you uh, you know, going and how you actually be willing to reinvest your, your, your time actually into building the business. I think um, having passion is the most important thing because that's the only thing that will keep you motivated mm-hmm. yep so for us um watches is is really our passion because first of all we like the i mean you know we like the intricate pieces we like the movements the mechanisms of course it can get boring sometimes but for watches i would say um it's the innovations are never ending yep so if you see um if you take a look at brands such as richard mill um the innovations are just 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 insane the, the creation out of creation so watches i would say is you know this sort of art pieces to us. Yeah. I mean for for I think for me and my brother we don't really appreciate art pieces like paintings, but for watches is is I think yeah, is it's the next level for us. And also I think um if you really want to turn your side hustle into a business, you have to sacrifice a lot of things like time, um time with family, time with your friends. Yep, I think with time on our side, um it's important to just give everything that you have. You know, whatever savings you have, I think um, it's it's a very good time to take risk, especially when you are twenties or even even mid twenties or late twenties. Because I think when when you come to a point whereby you're forty years old, thirty five or whatever, I think you are you are unable to take that many risks. Mm. Yeah. So final question for you guys, and I think mm. this is just me being curious about watches. Yeah. So if for anybody who's interested in listening, mm. besides the whole idea of like starting a business, right? Yeah. If they're interested in like um buying their first watch, yep. what should they kind of like look out for? I think for the, to be honest with you, I mean something that holds value. But I mean to put it in perspective, of course of course I know, I mean not many people can actually um afford I mean watches that are you know relatively expensive like ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand. But you don't have to actually focus on those kind of watches to make money. Mm. It's very simple. I mean an Apple watch for example, if you buy it pre owned, for example, it mm. maybe cost you half the price. 
price. Mm. But you can easily flip it on the carousel for maybe a $20 profit or $50 profit. Mm. But just think about it in the long run. If you do it on volume, right? Just imagine like how much you can actually earn. So to put it in perspective, I mean, you don't you don't have to buy a luxury watch to, to, to make money out of it. Of course, I mean, granted, we are in the business, so we do make our margins. But you can do, I mean, you can you can literally trade cups too. <laughs> or even like maybe uh, gifts or uh, I, I think one of my cousins is trading uh, stickers or something. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. I mean, of course, the margins may not be that big. But if you if you can't actually if you don't have actually have the capital to to actually um invest in high end pieces and and, and make that kind of margin, you just invest maybe a hundred dollars two hundred dollars in, in in maybe a, a product that costs maybe five to ten dollars and just flip it for profit a small little profit but do it on volume in short. So I think that is uh one thing I think um yeah I think they should look out for if if they want to enter any business yeah. Even even commodities actually, I mean, even uh, I would say uh, on Amazon, I mean, there's something called drop shipping. I think a lot of my friends are doing it too. So mm. basically, you actually source for products which are undervalued mm. overseas, and you actually find um, buyers online, and you actually fulfill their orders basically. Mm. But you actually connect um, um, you you become the middleman basically, but you do not have any downtime because you really have an order on hand. You see, mm. so all you have to do is just fulfill the order by mm. ordering at somewhere else cheaper and then selling it somewhere else higher. So I think um in those kind of business you do not actually have to have like a lot of capital, like a few million dollars or even hundred thousand dollars. You can even start with maybe like a um, thousand dollars. So these are I mean there are many businesses I think you can go into I'll say for for entrepreneurs uh, nowadays. But of course for us we we're more focused on this business because of course we found that it was really um relatively profitable. Yeah, but of course, um, just just focus on 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 whatever you can find that can make a profit, and in the long run, I think of course you'll be a very rich man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think also um, it's important to spend a fair bit of money on advertisement, and even um, let's say your PR or whatsoever. I think because that's the only thing that is gonna grow your brand awareness. Because of course, for us, when we started in Triple One Somerset. It's not a shopping mall whereby it's so crowded where there's um so many people just walking by. So our basically I think our our building is I think about I think eighty percent offices. So there are only two floors, two or three floors of retail, or rather two and a half. So yeah, I think spending on advertisements, uh, so- social media like Instagram, Facebook is a very good good platform to grow your brand. So I think um with the tools available nowadays, I think it's it's a good time for or rather it's 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 a better time compared to last time. Yeah, to enter, to, to start a business. Cool. Thank you guys for joining us today. I think you've given us all quite a new perspective about being your own bosses and quite an interesting insight into the watch, the luxury watch industry. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody who's interested in finding out more about Watch Capital, you guys can check out watchcapital.com.sg and then follow them on Instagram or Facebook at watchcapitalsg. Thanks Thank for having guys. us. Thank Thanks for having us. This show was brought to you by Youthtopia. This project showcases everyday Singaporeans that have made an impact in our society. Have someone in mind? Nominate that person at youthtopia.sg forward slash impact.